You are listening to the Life Is Not Complicated. You are Strong Opinions Podcast, produced by Charles Andrews, with your host, best-selling author. Identify yourself, Carlos, Carlos Wallace. What's up, y'all? Man, we, we, we having such a good time. I had to turn these mics up. Listen, every time I see Mia, it's like that. What's up? Uh, hey, I'm back with you on the Life Is Not Complicated. You are Strong Opinions Podcast. And, uh, man, I got my sister in here with me today. What's up, uh, man? What's up? What's, What's up? up, brother? So good to see you. Oh, man. <laughs> I should I, I should have turned the mics on about 30 minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, we had some good conversation going on here. Oh, my goodness. So, Mia wears many hats. Uh, a dynamic speaker. Uh, she just does a multitude of things. But today, specifically, I want to talk to you about working on the Beto campaign, yeah. the power of politics. You know my my ambition and and, and the importance I know uh, voting has. Yes. And, and we're absent at the polls. Like, we are outnumbered, as you, you told me a hundred times. <laughs> and I understand that. But I'm mad at those of us that can vote that won't. So that makes yeah. us even more outnumbered. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, and again, brother, thank you so much for having no, me. No, quit saying that. You uh, listen to <laughs> Okay. But, you know, um, in working for the Beto campaign, um, I ran across a lot of people. And at the beginning, I kind of referenced people that were that had this thought about not wanting to vote. I, I kind of referenced them as being, like, apathetic. Right. But then I had a therapist that was here from California that quickly corrected me and was like, Mia, we can't reference these people as being apathetic. And right. at first, I was like, tell me me. And then I was like, okay, okay what, what, what do you say? I say, tell me more, tell me more. Right. So he said that we're, we're interfacing with a group of, with people who have been beaten down mm -hmm, mm -hmm. by life, who, who just don't feel like they have any hope. And then when I looked at it from that regard, Carlos. It's different. It was different. Right. Um, I interfaced and engaged with people who were living in an apartment complex where you could smell gas just mm. seeping through the the, the 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 laundromat near the nearby. And for a mother, a grandmother who was raising her grandkids and who herself was just getting over the shingles, right, right. you know, to have this child have to inhale these fumes mm -hmm. and for her to say they're not going to do anything about it mm. so when you have people who are just trying to make it day to day and you're coming to ask them to come and vote and they tell you it doesn't matter anyway you can almost believe like you know what you i can kind of understand, understand where you're coming right. from but i think it's up to us to be able to share knowledge in a way that people can understand mm -hmm. so when i was talking to her I, I was just giving her my experience as to why i was supporting beto and i supported beto for a number of reasons but one of the main reasons was because i have a 13 year old son who's starting to fit that stereotype right. that a majority of white american and other americans typically tend to be afraid of mm -hmm. he has a dark complexion and for his 13th birthday he chose to get a hoodie and i know we think hoodies is something that is just something that everyone should be able to to wear mm -hmm. to shield themselves from the weather but we know what those hoodies. well you, you you're you're around my age when did the hoodie become bad I, I mean, I, I've always, I, when I was, a, I don't know, 13, 14 years old, I said, when I get big, 
at work I'm wearing suits and at home I'm wearing sweatsuits. That's yeah, all yeah. my closet will consist yeah. of. Like I never thought of a hoodie as being a bad thing. I think it, it came to uh, the forefront maybe with the Trayvon Martin. Yes. And that's when a hoodie became like this indication of a bad person. Yeah, but yeah. I, I don't know when it took a turn. And, you know, it, it happened then when the whole Trayvon Martin uh, situation came to but the But was forefront. he a bad person in the eyes of Zimmer? You know, and I guess I would have to ask Zimmer. Yeah. Was he bad because he had on a hoodie? Was he bad because he's a black male? Was he bad because he's in a neighborhood and I've never seen him before? And there's been homes broken into. Maybe he may be the assailant. Like, it, I'm sure it's a combination of everything. But why did we just specify the hoodie? You know, I think um, that's a great point. But I think the the media has put a put a lot of emphasis and um, this fear and trepidation that has just encapsulated all of us. You know, in the media, we, we're so mired by fear, and then this whole thing with and we've seen it. Uh, I think even remember St um, Stephen A. Smith even referenced the hoodies when I think it, I can't remember what NFL NBA team sat on the sidelines and they had the hoodies. Uh, Nike had bought some some. Uh, some, I think it was Cleveland. LeBron yeah, I think it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he made a big, you know, he was like, man, why would you do that? You know, you're going to make the people in the crowd uncomfortable. So, again. And look at this fool. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. And so, again, It ain't even about the hood. You it's know not, it's still the same 12 players that's on that team. Absolutely. You get what I'm saying? Right. But we've, a, a symbol has attached itself to. Uh, Negativity. Uh, and, and that is the assailant. Because absolutely. he has on a hoodie. And it's like. Yeah. That makes. That makes no sense. But if you, even as a black person, if you continue to feed that, yeah, that monster is just going to get bigger. And you're absolutely correct. And as a mom, you know, I'm trying my best to um, come out of the shadows of fear mm -hmm, mm -hmm. when it comes to this, because I know I, I am a voice for my children and for other children that look like them. First of all, I didn't know you had any fear. Let me say that. <laughs> any at all. <laughs> Whatsoever. I okay full transparency I do <laughs> I do but you know I'm pretty I'm pretty bold and I'm a risk taker so yeah yeah yes. yeah it doesn't last very long I'm gonna share a story <laughs> when I when I first met Mia I was uh I was promoting uh my very first comedy show Cedric the Entertainer <laughs> and uh I, I was promoting at this club on Thursday nights and leading up to the show, whatnot, like a month out, I said we're gonna take numbers, or somehow we did a drawing, mm -hmm. and you had to you had to put your numbers in or whatever. So by the fourth week, when I when I did the drawing, she won. Yep, she won, and I never I'd never spoken with you before. Right, uh, seen your face, but never talked to you. And when she won, um, she pulled me to the side and she goes, "Man, I really appreciate this." I'm, I'm going through breast cancer right now. Yep. And all I was thinking is, I would have never known that because you you were full of energy every day. <laughs> I mean, every time I saw you, every yep. Thursday night when I saw you at the club, you were happy, having a good time just as much yep. as anyone else. Yep. But for a person that was dealing with something so serious and going through radiation and, and whatnot, because you, you, then you let me know you had no hair 
I didn't know you were wearing a wig and I didn't know, you know what I mean? Like all of yeah, these things. Yeah. And uh, and I'm a believer, like God puts people in your in your life or you come into that path for a reason. Absolutely. So it was a reason you won those tickets. Yeah. You know. And we've been very good friends since that day. I know, you're great. Like, no, no, no. <laughs> like, you know, I just hey, I said I'm gonna give away a pair of tickets and I did. I had no idea it was gonna create that type of impact, you know what I mean? Yeah. And uh it's just, it's an amazing thing. It is. What something simple can do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So for you to tell me you have fear, it's just, I don't know that means. <laughs> I do, I do. But yeah, I mean, it just, um, it just comes to a point where, you know, we have to face those fears head on. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, as a mom of, of a son, and you know, it's not even safe for girls these days, you know, our black daughters. And so I have to protect them. And again, children that look like them at all costs. Right. It's not just about me. And right, I've right. explained this to you before, even uh, no matter where I go politically or whatever, wherever this road may take me, uh, I'm taking my people with me because right, 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 it's right. not just about me. Right. It's, it's yeah. about everyone Man. that I touch. And she, she had the opportunity to observe me in class. Yes, uh, I did. Speaking to the next generation. <laughs> and, that's a different Carlos from the promoter at the club. Absolutely. Right? <laughs> Absolutely. Very well versed. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but I enjoy you sitting in um, to observe that. Like, you know, yeah. because I like people to see what I see. Mm-hmm. When I when I come out and I speak, um, the the particular, co- you know, Lone Star, it's a majority white yeah. suburban area of Houston. Mm-hmm. And so to help cultivate the minds of these children absolutely they really have no idea absolutely where where you know the the suffering that we speak of like they don't know about that and even the the, the black children in the class because this area if they live here their parents both parents you know uh, upper tax bracket so it's a different lifestyle absolutely them, you know i agree you know um with my 22 year old she and i you know she is the same age as most of these kids that are here on this campus and um there's a there's a definite disconnect between our age group and the millennials right right. and i think uh as generation xers we have to be mindful that sometimes we have to stop and listen yes and be willing to listen to say okay uh the things that these kids are interfacing and interacting with now is so far beyond what we experienced. Uh, I know there. I can say I think with my the 22 year old, she's probably the last generation that had. She was like that first generation that experienced social media. So she knows what it's like not to not have to social have. media right. as well as to have social media. And so they are at a real interesting place. And I think if we don't capitalize off their knowledge, we can definitely be lost in the shuffle because right. uh, the more we become irrelevant. If we don't remain relevant, we're going to quickly become irrelevant. Right. My thing with them, like, because I, I battle with them all the time. Yeah, yeah. And I love it. Is they're quick to turn off if you don't agree with them. And I'm thinking, and I tell no, everybody's not going to agree with you. You know, it's fair for you to have solid points and it's fair for me to have solid points. And the best thing that can happen from that is we both learn something. You know. Absolutely. Because, you know, they their thing is... Well, if you don't agree, you're not listening. No, I'm listening, but that doesn't mean 
absolutely that mean I'm going to agree with everything you say. Absolutely. You know, like, but we can both learn something. Iron sharp as iron. Absolutely. And if we understand the difference between dialogue yes. and debate. Correct. Okay, I mean, we don't. everything doesn't have to be no. fucking debate. And a challenge. Can I like, say fucking? You can say Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Okay. We, we don't have to worry about the, <laughs> okay, no, the FCC. Okay, 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 go. You know, everything doesn't have to be a fucking debate. Right. Some, you know, when you have a dialogue, you have to just temporarily, just temporarily, yes. abandon your thinking for the purposes of the conversation. Correct. And the only way that you can gain new knowledge and understanding is one, you got to be able to listen. You got to be willing to listen. And and sometimes as a Generation X. I think that's with anybody. We think we know what we know until we realize we don't know we what don't we know. We don't know. Right. You know, Absolutely. and so um, I think that's where we kind of get lost in, in the communication is, is that we just really don't want to listen and we just have to be goddamn right all the time. And, and that's, that's not, not what it's, it's about. Just, no, because it, you know, the world, it's a continued evolution. Absolutely. It's a continued evolution. And as times change, things change. Principles remain the same. Absolutely. But they're just different ways like you used to be able to just plant a tree on the ground and grow it right well now they can plant one on the roof and grow it from there like you know what, what I mean? but what? the basic and then principles your, the roots will come down and be a nice picturesque view or something absolutely. i mean you just i see it every day <laughs> but the base principles of planting the tree is still the same absolutely but right. technology has allowed us the ability to plant it in a different place yeah yeah absolutely and, and once we just Evolution is, it's inevitable. Correct. It's going to happen. With or without you. With or without you. So yeah. you can either keep that same mindset and remain closed off to the world. Or get left behind. Or get left behind. And I think when it comes to race relations in this country, when right. it comes to understanding each other's culture, we have to be willing to say, okay, you know what? Maybe the way I was brought up or the way I was taught foreseeably could not be right. Correct. And maybe there is a possibility that it's some new shit that I could learn, and or, that's the, and, and not really right or wrong, but different. Different, okay. absolutely. Okay. There's no right or wrong to life. That's right. Everybody, like the destination is all the same. It's we the all same. gonna die. We all gonna die. Now, which route you take is up to you. Absolutely, yeah. and we can either be happy about it or just be fucked up and be mad. And I don't want to be <laughs> fucked up and mad all my life. All your life. No, I just want to be happy. What good is that? Bruh, I just got my blood pressure checked the other day. I have hypertension, which is my daughter said, okay, you officially a black person. Wow. <laughs> I'm, I'm a, with that, I'm going to take a break. I'm going to take a break, man. This, this is good. This is fine. This is fun. We'll be right back with you on the Life's Not Complicated Strong Opinion Podcast. That's funny. The biggest reward for me is how much it has inspired students. I think someone that really opened my eyes was when he said, everybody knows the information in this book already, it just takes a little bit of reminding. And that really opened my eyes to what, how I perceived the book from there on. So I really think it affected, it was overall positive impact on my life. When I visit campuses and classrooms and see the excitement on their face and of course overwhelm me with questions, that's my biggest reward. That's what I enjoy the most. To purchase Life is Not Complicated, you are, or the other 99 times, or download the audio versions, please visit carloswallace.com. You are listening to the Life is Not Complicated, you are, Strong Opinions Podcast. All right, hey, we back, we back yes. at, uh, Listen, so now you're officially a black person. Yes, I am an, uh, I'm a, an official black person. I have been diagnosed with hypertension. Man. 
it's that's serious. <laughs> it's but, serious. But but that is funny. That's yeah, hilarious. man. I mean, I thought I escaped it. I was like, you know, I'm I'm pretty fit. Uh, I'm not overweight. Mm -hmm. And then I go to the doctor on Friday, and she said, "Wow, Mia, you can't beat number three, mm. the number three killer, which is breast cancer, only be taken out by number one, right. which is hypertension." And that really made me feel some kind of way, bro. I was, she, she was like, "Don't cry, don't cry." I was like, "I'm trying not to, I'm trying not to," but no, no. it really hit me hard because my grandmother had hypertension. My great grandmother died from heart disease. I mean, it's something that's really. Uh, significant in my bloodline and so the fact that I know now okay I have to do better and I choose I choose not to be on blood pressure medication the rest of my life well I want to share something with you you didn't know about me I was diagnosed when I was 30 Lord Jesus first one in my family you know um, my dad mom you know no one had hypertension and we had no idea why right uh, fit and what happened I was at work and I uh, a filter on an engine hit my head and I got a concussion and take me to the hospital. And when they um, took my blood pressure, it was like 190 over 160 or yeah, something yeah, yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah. Now, uh, good thing with me is uh, my mother has always made us get a physical before school mm -hmm, every, mm -hmm, every year in August, right? So when I joined the military, the, the last digit of your social is the month that you do your yearly um, um, physical. Okay. My digit is eight, so okay. it's always stayed in August. Okay. So I've always been adamant about a yearly physical. Well, my blood pressure has been 120 over 80 my whole life, up until that incident. So they put me on this temporary medication just to kind of get it down, and they said, but follow up with your doctor. And it never, never, you know, I've been on medication ever since, off and on. Uh -huh. um, of late, I have a new doctor. And he gave me some things to try different, whatnot. And uh, about a year ago, a friend of mine said, you know, you eat a lot of steak, red meat, blah, blah, blah. Maybe you should not. She's not a doctor. She just gave me it. And I stopped eating red meat. Ne you know, never ate pork, but stopped eating red meat. And uh, I only eat fish and chicken. Yeah. And no more blood pressure. All right, bro. I take, I got you. I can do away with the red meat. Because the, the problem is, <clears throat> it's not so much the red meat, but it's so much sodium in, in the, the red, red meat, meat to preserve it. Yes, Canned yes. goods. Like, you know, I, I went to a dietitian and, mm -hmm. and, you know, they just break down. These type of foods have so much sodium because of da 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 da, da. And so when you start to cut those things out. Sure, sure, sure. And then yeah. I was like. Why the hell didn't they tell me this when I was there? Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, you know, it's, it's gonna take some time. I started doing some little small changes, like yeah. I cooked yesterday. I instead of using accent, uh, right, 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 MSG, right, right, right. I used some uh, Bragg's amino acids to yeah. kind of give it a different flavor, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. But you know, you old, you start reading the label at the grocery store. Boy, right? yeah. I'm telling you, that just lets me know I'm getting close to fifty. Every time I was like, oh. But you Lord. know, when I'm in New York, like you know, I, I've been. Uh, with Liz now nine years. So yeah. I've been back and forth in New York for nine years. Yeah. And um, New York, like they, they're ahead of the curve in making you put the label on and this, that, how many calories. It, and when I used to see all of those things, I was like, but why? Right, you know what I mean? Right. Because we more, we more focused on how it tastes. Yeah, whatever. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, you know, I was there when they did away MSG and just all of these things. And now I understand. 
Whereas before, I never, you know, I could tell, you know, I go to Hooters a lot, man. Yeah, yeah, So yeah. when I go to Hooters in New York versus Hooters here, the wings taste totally different. And it's because of the, the oil that they have to fry them in there is a lot healthier oil. It, it just, it's, it's amazing when you have the opportunity wow. to be of two worlds, right? And wow. see the difference. Wow. And that comes right. also with the, with the racial yes. understandings, you know? <laughs> yeah. In my upcoming book, I talk about being in the Navy and traveling to other countries and to see things being done different. And, but as America, we're so arrogant. We're, we're really arrogant. Yeah. We think of the rest of the world is a carbon copy of us. So they follow everything we do. Yeah, it's totally, no, it's so. It's not so much. No. Yeah, yeah. And and I when I tell people that, you know, I even hear people say dumb things like, you know the world coming to an end because blah, blah, blah. And it's something that's isolated America. Yeah. And I say, because God only judged, he judged the whole world based on America. <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> And it's interesting that you say that about the exposure because um, when I worked on the, the Beto campaign, going back, you know, being exposed to different um, individuals and people and experiences, I it, it's a whole, I was exposed to such a different world. Right, right, uh, right. And I believe um, as African Americans, um, we have to be willing to step outside of our comfort zone mm -hmm. and if that comfort zone means challenging those things again that we have been taught and never researched right 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 i have a <laughs> a, a buddy of mine i'm not gonna say his name on, on, yeah. on here but he was a part of the group of men that were pardoned by barack okay. he had a felony um he's in I, want, I think 18 years um and uh, he and I are working on this this initiative um, with readers and, and connecting families with incarcerated with their family on the outside through books. But he shared a story with me in, in the federal prison system. In order to request a transfer, you have to be in the system for 10 years. What? So he's from New York and he was incarcerated in Philadelphia. And his parents are older. And so he said, look, you know, I, I don't want my parents to have to keep commuting from New York to Philly. And they want to see me every weekend or every opportunity. And they're older and I, I don't want them to keep with that commute. So I would like to put in a request to be transferred to a federal facility closer to home. And, um, the, you know, everybody he would talk to said, well, man, you have to be you have to be here 10 years first. And he said, Los, he said, man, I went to the law library and I looked and studied and that was written nowhere. And he said, so I finally went to a, whatever type of counselor that would yes. go about making it happen and said, well, you know, you have to be incarcerated for 10 years first. And she, he said, well, you know, uh, I've heard that, but I've never found it in writing. So if you could put that in writing for me. Yes. So I can contact whoever I need yes. to. And, and, and it, was a, it was a sister and she goes, the next time he went to she goes, you know what? That's not true. You can request it any time. <laughs> and, and it's just, and when he's telling this story, I said, dude, do you know how many people have just taken an answer just because that was the answer, whether it was right or wrong, and they didn't research it or get a second opinion or whatever. They just took that because they felt like that was the answer. Bruh, I saw something on Facebook just the other day, and it made so much sense. 
he said, uh, like, it was a guy, he was in a pool. Mm -hmm. And he was fully clothed in the pool. And everyone else didn't have on any clothes. And so one of the people in the pool sneezed. Mm -hmm. And everybody said, bless you. And the guy was like, well, why are y'all saying bless you? Because she just sneezed and put her germs all over. And so people were just giving all these, <laughs> I know, right? And so people in the pool were just giving arbitrary reasons why they said bless you. Right. And he said, so again, you just go on old wives tales or things that you've just been told and you just continue it going on Keep and on. on. So if we think about that in terms of what we know about other cultures, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. how we've just been socialized to believe that certain groups of people are bad or certain groups of people do this and certain people that live in this area do this. How many relationships are we circumventing or cutting off at the neck right. because of what we've been taught we've and been we taught. haven't researched? Yeah. And, and you know me, I have friends or, or associates or people of all race and ethnicity like I, yeah but it's it's about uh it came about because of my travels like i well starting with the town i grew up in i was i i, I grew up with everybody it, it wasn't just black or white it was everybody you know um arguably i was the most popular person in my class you mm -hmm. know president of my class uh I, I mean i've won every election throughout my high school years and junior high and whatnot mm -hmm. So, and there were white people voting for me too, you know what sure, I mean? Sure, sure. So I was raised in that type of uh, environment mm -hmm. to begin with. So to join the military, it's a continuation of it. Then being stationed in a foreign country is a continuation of it and so <laughs> forth and so on, you know. It wasn't just, I was never in a box, mm -hmm. you know, and that has to be uh, something we have to break in order for you to reach your full potential. like. Get Absolutely. outside the box. And it doesn't make me any less black, you know what I mean? Even though some people try to say, oh, you ain't really black because. And I'm like, who who's the gatekeeper on black? Absolutely. I, that's what I'd like to know. Mm -hmm. who, who gets to make the determination what's really black? Right, right. I mean, is there like a certification class we can go to in order yeah, to get man. fully certified? Right, right. I mean, I'm so I'm sure there's one for Latino people and whites and Asians. Because again, like I said, I've said this time and time again, racism has robbed us all mm -hmm. of an opportunity to, to learn and share with each other. Mm -hmm. It's not just something that Racism is just not a black person issue. It's right, not right, a Latino right. person. It's a people issue. issue. We've all been hoodwink bamboozled by this thing that we've come to know as race because it's not even real and so until we understand that at the end of the day when we pull our skin back we're all going to look the same yes our blood is all the same mm -hmm. and until we stop hanging our hat on what we see on the outside right which is this this skin right that's going to fade at some point right we have we have to think from our hearts mm -hmm. and if we operate from there then we can learn how to accept people for who they are. And their differences. And their differences. It's not my fault that I right. came out the complexion that I am. No, it's a blessing, though. It's, it is a blessing. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. But, you know, it's, you, we can't fault people for that because it's it it, it, it sounds it's dumb. It's just ignorance. But, it is. You know, I, I ask people all the time, like, dude, when you die, your, your grave will be six foot just like mine. Yeah. And I heard someone say, I ain't seen a casket with bunk beds. I, you're going to be in there all by, by yourself. yourself. <laughs> you know? It's the truth. But we, uh, you know, I've had students ask me, do I believe in white supremacy? I was like, absolutely. You know, but there is sometimes we feed it better than uh, anyone else. You know, I've heard people say, man, you can't publish no book. It, it wasn't a white person that told me that. You know what I mean? Man, you can't get no book into a curriculum in a college. Who Says who? Says who? Like, 
who makes that decision? You know, and I think that can be said in all races. Absolutely. You know, I think, Absolutely. I think it's that whole, ignorance. Yes, yeah. and I think that whole crab in the bucket mentality Everybody. can be in the Asian community, the Hispanic community, the white yep. community, as well as it is, it is, is in our community. Because somebody told an Asian kid, kid you can't, can't play in the NBA. Gone on, bro. Somebody told a white kid, you can't not run that black kid okay. in, the, in the 220 hurdles. Okay. Or, or, or whatever. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So why is it the black kid can't be a scientist? And, and who's telling him that? You know, it's a system. As he grows up, hey boy, you can't be no scientist. Your dad was a garbage man, you're gonna be a garbage man. Says who? Says absolutely, who? absolutely. And I think we have to just approach our communities differently. Yes. Um, like again, I explained to you about going to that one particular community here in Houston. Right. That I I was I grew up to know that you just didn't go to Garden City. You right. just don't go there. And during the campaign, when I was forced to go there, in front of my volunteers, Carlos, I didn't want to go. I just can't. I don't believe that in you. I, I bruh, I didn't want to go. I ain't want to go. I didn't want to go. I can and see then, me calling you that day. What's up, man? I'm at Garden City. <laughs> I converted these I <laughs> Carlos, that day, I was sitting there, and my volunteers were like, okay, Mia, where are we going next? And they didn't know I was sitting there looking at Card City on my phone going, no, I don't want to go here. Right. And then I had to suck it up because I had to say, you know what? How can you go out and encourage your people when you're scared of them? Yes, yes. So I went. And so, you know, I was thinking, okay, there are different ways that we can engage this community that's just not the ordinary. Right, right, right. You right. know, when you think about these parents want the best for their children in school period. too. Period. Period. Yes. But outside people outside of this community don't see those mothers the way I saw those mothers when I went in there. I, and, I heard a quote one time, it's hard to hate up close. Yeah, it is. See, when you in there, when you in the living room yes, sitting sir. with that mother, you say, yes, you know sir. what? She love her baby just, just like I love her. Absolutely, and if more folks who have the resources or have the access to go into communities, and you know what, Carlos, people think, well, when you go in and go into communities that you gotta bring money. It's it not even about all about that. money. No, no. If you're bringing all free turkeys. Oh, that's not what it's about, <laughs> no. and that pisses me the fuck off. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's not about you know people. The first thing I hear people say, well, let's go to the hood, bring some food. What? Everybody ain't hungry. And first of all, they probably cook better than you. Okay, uh, yeah. okay. They don't eat out. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so that, so that's where you're wrong. And then, you know, there were. It's a program that it's a mom and me reading program. I would love to see that mom and me reading program brought to the community because half the women over there don't have access. So why can't they have that that same process brought Absolutely. to them? Yeah. You know, those are the things. Those are the resources that can be brought back into our communities to to kind of. Have a shift in thinking. Just ba yes, a shift in thinking. Basics. Basics. Basics, man. You know, I, I shared this before, so if people, y'all gonna hear this story again. <laughs> I work with Google on a lot yeah. of community projects. Right? Yeah. And so, it's our it's our job to identify situations like that. Yeah. Report back to Google, and we come up with solutions to make it better. Sure. So there was a situation in in North rural North Carolina, where either north or south. 
but students were busing in each day about an hour to to school and an hour home. Mm -hmm. And so they there was a they recognized that grades were going down. Mm -hmm. And the thought process was, man, because these kids are having 10, 11 hour days. Yeah. When they get home, they're probably too tired to do yes. homework. They may not yes. be getting enough rest. Yes. And so forth and so on. <clears throat> so Google's help in it was we're going to commit X amount of dollars and provide students with laptops so they can do their homework on the bus. So therefore, when they get home, they can proceed with being home things, right? Yes, that's awesome. But most of the kids didn't know how to work the laptop. Wow. So there's a piece. Yes. Like who goes in to train them on the, yes. like, you know, so you can go in and give the person money, but if they don't know what to do with the money, absolutely. what good is it? Yes, you know what I mean? absolutely. I mean, and we, again, creative thinking and, and thinking of different ways to engage the community than the regular run of the mill. Ways, right. You because know. you only know what you know and you <clears throat> think from where you are and, and how you operate and what you do, right? If I gave you a free laptop, boom, you know what to do. You got all your, your yeah. apps that you're gonna put on sure, it. And, sure, sure. And so, but there's another person I may give it to and they're they're looking for the on off switch. There you go. You, you, know I mean? you know, another thing that I saw just being out in the community, so there's a guy that's starting to grow vegetables on his at his apartment. Mm-hmm. How lucrative would that be if, because right now we know Texas is last when it comes to being insured. Yeah, healthcare, right. So if we can foreseeably fix that part, we can fix it from the inside Internally, out. Internally, that's right. What are we, what's <laughs> happening to make us sick? Well, let's eliminate that. Right. Yes. Exactly. So, you know, if there was funding streams, like for people that are living in Garden City apartments, to show them how to grow some fruits and vegetables right in right front here. of their house and how to prepare it in a good, healthy way. Yes. That's going to lower the number of people having to go to utilize their Medicaid because they're sick. And it eliminates you waiting on someone to bring you fruits and vegetables. Absolutely. You have them right here in front of you. Amen. So, you know, that's how you bring resources back into the community. And that's what you call equity. Yes. What you put in is what you're going to get out. Correct. If you're not putting anything or depositing anything into the community and then tilling it and working with it in, to ensure how can that you it's growing. Growth? I can't just go put a seed out there on some, some dry grass and, then and, just, and expect it to grow if I'm not watering it and I'm not tending to it. You know better. Yeah. Come on, let me take let me take another break. Listen, we going man, this is good stuff. This is good stuff. Join our email list. Please visit carloswallace.com. The other ninety nine times. Count your blessings. Season 2, showing now on NetNY.TV, Theos by Verizon Channel 48, Optimum Channel 30, and Spectrum Channel 97. Season 1, streaming on Amazon Prime Video. Alright, we back with you, man, on this uh, the, the, the last segment of this phenomenal <laughs> Phenomenal podcast, uh, <laughs> verbal exchange. Yes, I love it. <laughs> we we run out of time before we run out of talk. That's okay. for sure. Yes, it, yes, yes. I, I, every hey, every time I see Mia, this is how we do it. <laughs> we, <laughs> we do. It, we it goes do. down. Oh my God. So uh, I'm doing something a little new on the podcast. All right. I hit you with a quote. 
Right. Original, my own quotes. I don't, mm. you know. Okay. You probably seen okay. it because okay. okay. you, you follow me on social media. Mm. But but I hit you with a quote, and then you tell me what it means to you. Okay. You know because um, when I write these, I write them from a, a place that where I, where I am. Okay. And and it started with that, and then people start. Man, I like that. Oh, that that really resonated with me and whatnot. And uh, so I always try to share one. With, with, with one of my guests. Yeah. And then you tell me what it means to you, right? All right. So <clears throat> the one I chose for you, you should always be your greatest motivator. Never leave that power in the hands of someone else. Once you love the person you are, there's no limits to the person you can become. Oh my God. Why did you pick that for me? I, hey, I, I never know what we're gonna talk about, but I, I just go to them close and I said, man, this is a good one for me right here. Man. And, uh, that's it. That's yeah. amazing. That That's that's so timely, because I mean, just as you and I were talking, I told you, yep. brother, yep. I was just about to just throw in my white towel and yep. something said, no, 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 you're fine. Yep. <laughs> you know, just when I the tear was about to fall, for me to give up, something said no. Right. And I believe it's because I do love myself. Correct. I haven't always loved myself. Right. I was always, um, uh, I was always uh, bothered by what I, what the opinions of other people were. Mm. And because of that, I think it hindered a lot of my progress. Mm -hmm. I think it, it forced me to stay in uh, in situations that were not necessarily the most healthy for me. Mm -hmm. uh, but now uh, I'm in a different place where I do love me. Yes. And I love me unconditionally. Mm. I don't beat myself up. I don't. I I give myself grace. Mm. I like that. I extend grace to myself because as humans, sometimes we often find ourselves extending grace to other people, but we never extend grace to ourselves. Forget ourselves, ourself. yeah. So I've forgiven myself for a lot of things. I've extended grace to myself over a lot of things. And with that, I, I'm in a good place. You know, uh, after working with the state of Texas for 22 years, the full transparency right, right here, right. and not knowing where, uh, my next paycheck was gonna cover, or how I was gonna take care of my kids. Right. And if I can honestly say to you, I'm looking at you in your eyes, I can right. emphatically say that I'm good. Yeah, right, 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 right. <laughs> I'm really good. I mean, um, there's no better place that I would wanna be than right now. Mm -hmm. uh, the adversities that I've had to experience this last quarter right. of 2018, I think are just going to shape me and help me to what's to come in 2019. So right. I think with that mindset, because I ain't got them 99 problems that you was talking about. Know. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, and I ain't making nothing complicated. <laughs> right. I, I promise I'm right. not. Uh, but yeah. But when, you, when we had the conversation about you and leaving the state, I said, you don't need to be working for anybody uh, else you anyway. You said that, <laughs> you said that. And I, I was, uh, again, there was fear. You didn't right. know it. Right. But I was afraid because my cushion had been the state of Texas for 22 years. Right. And no one, I said, hey, I got five years before I retire. I'll be good. But mm -hmm. the universe like, no, nah, sis, you got to go now. It's time to move. It's time to move. Right. And I wouldn't have went on my own. Right. I, I wouldn't have done it on my own. So I had to be forced out. So now I'm out here. Right. Good, man. Trying to make it shake. We're trying. <laughs> We're trying. So, so my next 
now the two books. Yes. First book, Life Is Not Complicated, You Are. Yes, sir. What in your life, if anything, would you say you overcomplicate? Oh, wow. A lot of stuff. I think, um, I think I overcomplicate my success. Mm. I think I downplay it a lot. Definitely that, because I had known you a long time, <laughs> and we had the meeting, and you... Now, now I've known her for <laughs> 10, 10, 11 years. Yes, yes. And, and I said, hey, we, I'm building your side of town. Let's meet for lunch. She emailed me her resume. How <laughs> so? I'm like, damn. So I'm going over this resume. Because I, I only knew you. Yes, uh, I remember. You know, I met you, what, promoting. And then from then, yes. I only knew you as you come to my shows yes, and stuff like yes, that. I didn't yes, know you from the yes. I knew you were a professional. Yeah. But I didn't know what you did. Yeah. You know what I mean? I tell people, I stay out of folks' business. I know what they tell me. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. And so when, when I got your resume, I was like, dude. <laughs> so when we met and you were upset about the job situation, I said, look, I'm, I read your resume. You shouldn't be working for anybody anyway. Like, I don't know why you don't have this right. packaged in selling it. Yes, sir. With, with all the knowledge that you have gained over. And then she sent me a couple of videos of her speaking. <laughs> and you are not a paid speaker. I'm, like, man. It's you know. coming, bro. Oh, it's I, I know. It's coming. Uh, no question in my it's, mind. It's coming. I appreciate it. See, look at my, my, my muscles in my face all hurt because um, you got me smiling so I'm hard. just being honest. I don't, <laughs> hey, I don't have reason to lie to anybody. You know. I know, I know. No, You're great. You, you, uh, You're great. I, I'm being honest. You Thank know. you, bro. I appreciate it. You've done a lot um, for the community, and you've done a lot in in giving back, and, and I appreciate you for that. Um, also, on your, uh, your 99 Problems, the yeah. uh, the workbook. Yeah. I, if I could just give you a little plug. Uh oh. Yeah. So <laughs> one of the exercises in the workbook, mm -hmm. I uh, utilized it in one of my presentations, and it worked out very well. It was one where it talked about um, you asked the participants at the beginning to um, take their thoughts, and they end up taking the thoughts or whatever they think it is, and they write it down, and then they take it and put it in the trash can. Right. You know, I, I really, 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 really like that process because yeah. it, it's a shocker and it gets people it opens folks minds like almost instantaneously because that's not what they're expecting and so those i, th I really like those processes that are outlined right. in that workbook and it's the life's not complicated life is, okay, I, knew it was, it, I knew it was one it, it's but, one but uh <laughs> it's another exercise i wish you would have been with me in a, in class last week when i i do this exercise where i have uh, I split the class in half, 15-15, mm -hmm. and have them all write the worst problem they're dealing with. Mm -hmm. Whatever you think it is, the worst, biggest challenge you're dealing with in life. Mm -hmm. And everybody's challenge is relative. Yeah. You know? So, and then I don't write your name on it. Just write your problem, fold it over. And then I have them swap. But, you know, give them to me and I redistribute sure, 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 them. Sure, 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 so you don't know whose problem you, you just received. And I said, now open it up. Read it. Do you want that problem or would you like yours back? And nine out of ten said, oh, I'd really have mine back. I don't want yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. You know, and what made me uh, a very good friend, I don't want to call it a friend, mentor of mine. CT is the one that told me about that exercise. And uh, the first time I did it, it was with, a, with an older group, not necessarily students, but it was a lady upset because her 17-year-old daughter was pregnant. Mm -hmm. 
But in that same group was a lady upset because her 17-year-old daughter died in a car accident Jesus. a week before. Wow. Wow. So the one with the pregnant daughter all of a sudden said, well, I'd rather have a here. Yes. He's pregnant. Yeah. Right. You get, right. So it put things in perspective, you know. Sure. And, uh, but it's, the exercises really work. Oh, absolutely. You know, they, they really it, it really brings the, the, the application to the theory. Right. You know, because we can read all a lot. And, you know, I'm a visual person. And so mm -hmm. although I can maybe see it in writing, if I can see like an actual experience right. to kind of tie it to it. I think that that really, really helped me. And I think having those, you know, just different conversations about different stuff. Right, you're right, able right. to actually have a, a theoretical application mm -hmm, mm -hmm. to a process. I think that's where the realness comes in. You absolutely, know? absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So one last thing. What's up? The second book. All right. The Other 99 Times, Train Your Mind to Enjoy Serenity. And the, the, uh, the, the book is is about we we focus too much on the one time things went wrong yeah and we we remain there well this premise instead of focusing on the one time things went wrong let's appreciate the 99 things that went right mm -hmm. and just change our focus mm -hmm. is there anything you think in your life you focus too much on the one time just get hung up on that instead of saying thank you for the 99 when I lost my job, I, again, I, mean, I was so, I mean, um, when August 31st came, I, I vlogged it. I have videos of me crying, putting my stuff in my trunk. Right. I was, my feet were dug in the sand. And, but then when September 1st came, I was like, you gotta do something. Okay. Yeah. So now what? And I just, and after it was over, it was just like, wow. Ooh, okay. I'm still here. I'm still here. Everything I'm is still, still beautiful. I'm still dynamic. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and so I, we do, I think we as people in general, we put a lot of pressure, unnecessary pressure on ourselves, mm -hmm. over, especially over things that we have no control over. Right. And when we don't have control, that's when we feel like our least powerful we feel our least effective mm -hmm. but the fact is that you do have control you have control over you hey. and how you respond to it Big facts. <laughs> so that's the control you have and once you get to a place where you know what I'm just not gonna allow that to beat me up I'm just gonna keep it moving and trust and believe the universe is gonna take care of you, you didn't need a little funky job anyway, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> he did what it was yes. supposed to do when it was supposed he to do. When it was supposed to do, and there are going to be Man. other opportunities to come where people will value my skills. And yeah, look at God. Look at God. <laughs> well, I have enjoyed this. I have enjoyed this too, man. Next time, don't wait so long. Have me back. Oh no, yeah, I gotta have you back. I gotta have you back. <laughs> yes. Yeah, have so me back for Black History Month. Every day is Black History Month. You know what, bro? You so right. Every day. You so right. You know, this I'm, has I'm been here great. She. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Tell people where to find you. Okay, you can find me on uh, Facebook. It's Mia Primes Williams. Yeah. Uh, my website will be up and running January 2019. Look at that. Uh, December is we're just uh, dedicating to growth and get programming and getting everything squared away so mm -hmm. january 1 we'll be ready for public speaking events that's it uh creative workshops to help any organization uh leverage their company to that equity diversity and inclusiveness mm -hmm. type lens because we know that every organization no matter what layer you need to have that component in your structure and Period. so 
I am that person for you. I create workshops, processes specifically for organizations when it comes to equity and inclusion. So I love it. Yes, I sir. love it. Well, thank you so much thank for blessing you. me again. <laughs> I love you. Hey, that, uh, before we go, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but before we go, I got a, I got something for you here in the uh -oh. feedback box. Uh oh. Uh -oh. Yeah. Uh -oh. Uh -oh. Well, no, this is a good thing. Uh, we did oh, okay. a we did an interview with uh, Laura. You remember her? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, the first episode of the second season. Right, Laura. It was uh, on mental health and and. Uh, for y'all that don't know, this is my producer. Hey, how y'all doing? Yeah. <clears throat> well, well, the feedback was um, there was a lady, uh, Sandra L. from. Uh, I think she's from Kentucky. Sandra L. Sandra from Kentucky. Kentucky. She was. How you doing, Sandra? She was basically saying that she heard the podcast and uh, mm -hmm. it gave her a whole new perspective on uh, mental health, and she's very, very was very enlightened by it. Wow. And okay. How now that she's 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 um she's taking more more astute uh, observations of it. Okay. Because you know she said she's in the um she's in the she's in the medical field, mm -hmm. but that's that's just a, an area of the medical field that she overlooked. And, it's, and she was saying how how important it was to not overlook that, and right? To, right. Um, and put that at the forefront of all, because it's it's a it's a. I think she said it was a situation that can go to lead to other things. Wow, I agree, I agree. Uh, I, I it was a special segment to me because I want mental health to become such a discussion that it's not a dark cloud right and for those that they're suffering to not be afraid to seek help that's exactly what she said she yeah said, she said don't be afraid that's what it taught her to, is to not be afraid right yeah, yeah. so so i, I appreciate uh, sandra sandra L. sandra from kentucky sandra from kentucky thank you for now that came out. back from the feedback box so the feedback got box. A, anybody got some feedback opinions strong or light it doesn't matter just you know what do you think? Just, just go ahead and sit them on in. We're waiting. We're waiting. We'll see you guys next week. You are listening to the Life Is Not Complicated. You are Strong Opinions Podcast. The biggest reward for me is how much it has inspired students. I think someone that really opened my eyes was when he said, everybody knows the information in this book already. It just takes a little bit of reminding. And that really opened my eyes to what, to how I perceived the book from there on. So I really think it affected, but it was overall positive impact on my life. When I visit campuses and classrooms and see the excitement on their face and of course overwhelm me with questions, that's my biggest reward. That's what I enjoy the most. To purchase Life Is Not Complicated You Are or the other 99 times or download the audio versions, please visit carloswallace.com. Please visit www.carloswallace.com. That's Carlos Wallace. We would love to hear your opinion. What's going on, everybody? It's Carlos. I just want to say thank you again for tuning in. Uh, we really, really, really appreciate it. And to show my appreciation, I would like to give you a free audio copy of Life Is Not Complicated, You Are. That's right, the best-selling book. I'm going to give you a copy free for listening. If you would like one, please text COMPLICATED to 22828. That's text COMPLICATED to the number 22828 to receive your audio copy. Thank you.